Welcome back to Awakening Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica, the weaker vessel. Hello, everyone. If you want to get to know more about us, and if you have enjoyed listening to us, you need to go check out Reformed Rebel Network. Say what? Reformed Rebel Network. We changed our name? We have changed our name, guys. Holy moly. There are many different reasons why that has happened. We won't get into that here, but go check us out in your um, podcast feed, on YouTube, and online. Reformed Reformed Rebel Rebel. Network. We have to work out getting this straight (laughs) in our mind. So we're back in the new year. Uh, We took a little break. We had a great holiday season. We hope you guys did too. There's so much newness already. We have a new name. I know, right? We have a new studio. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we we have had to switch up our closet arrangement here, which also means the studio. Uh, I'm not sure if you can hear our children in the background. If you can, I'm sorry. Those are the saplings. But it's we're in the middle of creating new habits as well. Yeah, we are. <laughs> That's um, a good way to put that. Yes. So, first things first. Yeah. New name. I'm going to mention it already. There are several reasons for it. Yeah. Because we do have a new name, we would love for all of you to reshare our content on your social medias. Yes. Because perhaps the new name might entice some new listeners. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Go. S- step one. And the easiest way you can do that is go to our Facebook page and invite your friends to like the page. Usually that is like the best way to share the page and get people to come to the page and check out our content. And just like, you know, share our links with your friends. You know, that's fine too. Uh, Second of all, we have new furniture (laughs) (laughs) because I have really great friends who love to say, hey, I know this person who's moving out. They have this furniture. Would you like it? And I could never say no to new furniture. Especially if it's free. Free is my favorite number. Yeah. Free 99 is my favorite price. So we have a very small apartment. Yes, we do. And lots of furniture now. Lo and behold, square footage in New York City is not easy to come by. Right, right. And we don't have a garage or a storage unit because again, that's turns, excessive. Again, turn, right. That's a glamorous lifestyle here in New York City. So we did some finagling and now we have this lovely couch there's a full-size couch in our closet (laughs) (laughs) in our closet and uh you know it works because it's comfier than the wooden chairs that we were sitting on true that's true we're gonna be more comfortable recording now my mother and i got this full-size couch in our walk-in closet in our master bathroom and let me tell you we had to take a door off the hinges did you really i didn't they didn't tell me how they got it in here we did also, I dislocated my thumb in the process. Yes, you did. <laughs> Turns out homemaking can be very dangerous. Yeah, it's war. If anyone tells you otherwise, they're wrong. Actually, it's really funny because uh, we were changing bed sheets this morning, and I'm our youngest is six, and I'm trying to like not baby her as much as I can, which yeah. is very hard when she is the baby of the family. Right. So I let her struggle a little bit to get her sheet on her bed this morning, 
And, and you're said, like, because of my thumb, I'm struggling. <laughs> well, it's funny because she's like, I just can't do it, mom. And I was like, Nora, you're going to be a mom someday and you're going to have to make all of the beds. So you have to learn. Mm-hmm. So she struggled a little bit more and she's like, this is just so hard. Why is this so hard? <laughs> and I thought, oh, Nora, this is such a great life lesson and so much could be said in this moment. Yep. All of life is about as hard as a six-year-old putting a sheet on her bed. That's right. The true struggle of life. Fighting that curse. Nora inspired the topic for today, which is living a principled life. Yes. So we will have a good time talking about that. And I think a very apt topic for the new year. Yeah, because the new year brings on more than just new bedsheets. It brings on starting new habits, like we're talking about getting into better routines, better rhythms. Yeah. New reading plans, new goals. Right. All kinds of new things. Yep. So we're going to kick it off with the news story. Sure. So I saw this today on my YouTube. A video popped up from ABC News. This is just a topic that you wanted to talk about real quick? Yeah, this is kind of a news topic. And it kind of falls in line with what we talk about a lot to fight for life and to fight against abortion and against the culture of death that we find ourselves in right now. Mm -hmm. And what happened is, in Texas, there is a mom of a baby. The baby's name is Tinsley Lewis, and she has congenital heart disease. Did I say that right? Yep. And so she, it's terminal, Mm -hmm. from what I heard on the news, and right now she's living on a ventilator. And mm-hmm. she's been living on a ventilator for a long time. I looked up a few articles to try to find out how long, but none of them mentioned that. Back in October, the hospital announced that they were going to pull the ventilator mm-hmm. and basically plan for Tinsley to die on November 10th. Well, the family didn't want that to happen and got Texas Right to Life involved. And their lawyers jumped on the situation and got the hospital to hold off. They got a judge to issue a restraining order. So that way their lawyers could figure some stuff out. And they went to court on November 22nd. And now it's been this legal battle back and forth of subpoenas and restraining order and this law and this. And I didn't want to get into the weeds of all the different laws. Mm Mm-hmm. But just recently, the court ordered that the hospital is allowed to pull the ventilator. Mm-hmm. And of course, the mom goes, you know, back online and back to the public and says how sad she is that the judge, you know, ordered this way and that they're still going to fight it and still appeal it. So that way her baby can continue to live mm-hmm. on a ventilator in a hospital. She's 11 months old right now. So, like I said, because we always kind of fight against abortion and against against our culture of death and we always want to have life in mind we want to encourage life and cultivate life and mm-hmm. multiply life right i thought this would be an interesting thing to talk about for a minute this is really interesting cuz i've seen a lot of christians talking about it mm-hmm. it's hard when you don't have details yeah there's obviously more details that could be very useful um So, a few thoughts. Obviously, yeah, we should always err on the side of life, Mm -hmm. right? Like, if we can aid in human flourishing, that's a Christian's responsibility, always. Right. That being said, death is still a reality. And as devastating as it is to watch any child die, especially die from a disease like... Painful situation. Yeah, it is devastating. And so, I 
feel for the mother. Like, I feel terribly for her. I feel like it must be the hardest thing in the world, and I can't even imagine it. That being said, this child does have a defect that is uncurable. Mm -hmm. And she will eventually die from it. Right. This is just the reality. I'm imagining because the hospital wanted to take her off of the ventilator that she was on, that more than likely she probably has a pretty serious case mm-hmm. of... Because, like, there are variations okay. of congenitive heart disease. Some can be pretty mild. Some can be, like, life-threatening, not compatible with life. Because it's, like, it has to do with, like, the valves in your heart and all kinds of other things like that. I'm not a doctor. I'm not claiming to You know more than I do, so... <clears throat> Our niece has uh, a few heart issues. So yeah. that's how I know a little bit. I also know that being placed on a ventilator, especially long-term, has very terrible effects on the human body too uh you can get pneumonia very easily your lungs can swell because of all that moisture being forced into them from the ventilator so there's just no good solution right for all of this outside of like god to just heal her yeah i'm very leery to say that taking someone off of life support is a bad thing i worked in a nursing home for years and i have seen many elderly people not Mm. babies like this but elderly people being kept alive artificially for much longer than i thought was honorable i guess is the best way to put it yeah to some extent we have to just say human life is valuable and there is dignity in human life and so someone we ought to have the idea that someone should also die with dignity Mm-hmm. And not be, like, drug through the mud just right. to, like, say that we kept him alive for a couple more weeks. Do right. you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um. And last year, my father died, too. And I was there when he died. And I was there at the very end helping put him on the toilet. And I'm just saying, like, death is an ugly thing. I understand. Yeah. And I'm not trying to sound callous or indifferent. But I think as Christians, we also have to have this mindset of how can we give a person the most dignity even in their death? Yeah, not just I, keep them alive for the sake of keeping them alive. Right. Because I don't think that's always the best case. Now, I'm not saying that's the case with this particular situation. Right. I don't think we have all the facts, right. to be really honest, to make that call. Uh-huh. I just think we need to, like, as Christians, take a pause and say life support isn't always the best thing. Yeah. In every case. And one of the great hopes of Christianity, right, is that death isn't the end. Right. And so... I, I don't know if this mom is a Christian or not, but that'd be the number one thing is that, um, are you a Christian? Like, do you know if this is the end or not for you? Right. Because we, death is just a passing. It's a liminal moment. And it's a devastating thing, especially if it's your child. Like, Yeah, that. of course. Especially to watch your kid in pain. Right. And to struggle and to be, you But know. there's no cure for this disease. Right. So this is where I'm like, okay... As a mother, you have to sit back and say, my child is going to die from this. Yeah. And I can keep her alive for a few more months, but there's no other option for her. Mm -hmm. So what do those two months look like? Do they look like her being in a vegetative state Mm -hmm. and her getting pneumonia from the ventilator and then her suffering through pneumonia because she now she can't breathe? And like, I mean, she already couldn't breathe before, but now this pneumonia has made it even uglier. And I mean, there's just a whole slew of of things you'd have to talk about. And I'm not a doctor. I don't know this child's case. It's just hard. And it's hard when Christians say, always do this, never do this. Mm -hmm. Like, there are principles in place, and this is what we're going to talk about later on. Like, right, exactly. Living a principled life rather than to just make blanket statements because sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. So, 
So the, the two encouragements that come to mind with a story like this, one is to to not jump to conclusions when you don't know all the details. Like right. we're trying to be kind of um, gracious on gracious, both ends. Yeah, gracious on both ends, exactly, because we don't know all the details and we're not, uh, we don't work for the hospital and we're not part of this family. We right. don't really understand what's going on. So I don't want to go share on social media and be like, this is a terrible thing. To... So that that's a principle we can live by, by not jumping to conclusions when we, when we really can't understand what's right. going on. Right. And um, I said a second thing and I already forgot it now. <laughs> So there, there you go. <laughs> We're not starting the new year off very strong, I guess. Uh, because we don't know her medical state, all we know are like very vague descriptions of the situation right. from certain articles. Like you said, we don't know what doctors, maybe she has Christian doctors who are saying, like, right. I, I don't think this is conducive for a human being to live with dignity. This mm-hmm. this state is not a state that we should be trying to yeah. keep her in. I mean, I don't know. I don't know any of these. Yeah, cuz there's there's a there's a point you start questioning ethically. Right. How far do you go with machines? Right. And keeping a human alive or right. something like that too. You know, there's there's probably really big brain people who are figuring that question out because Technology can do a lot of crazy things today, but... And God can do miracles. And, and that's right. the thing is, like, God can do miracles. They could take her off of that ventilator and God just miraculously heals her. Perfect yeah. little heart, yeah. no pneumonia, no adverse side effects, no brain damage, like, nothing. Yeah. That could totally happen. Yeah. And to some extent, like, just because the doctor says what we're doing here isn't going to be able to keep happening doesn't mean that god can't still heal yeah but i do think you have to rationally sit back and say let's look at all of our options here and then what what gives the human the most dignity because in some cases it would be let's keep them alive there's just some brain swelling and if we keep Mm -hmm. them alive then the swelling will go down and it will be just fine in the end and like I, i once again i'm not a doctor so i'm not trying to say like this is you do it yeah yeah, yeah. there might be a doctor out there who's like that's not how it works erica i'm not saying that i'm just saying like every case is different yeah not that you should never question a doctor either though that's true they have a board of trustees just saying so yeah so there's some food for thought and uh and our encouragement there so our principle principle from that whole case would be like a christian ought to value human life yep and that means from conception to natural death mm-hmm. natural death exactly so that is a whole nother topic for a whole nother day <laughs> all right well let's take a break and we'll come back and and finish finish up talking about living principally in 2020 all right we'll be right back enjoy this commercial by reconcile media Hey guys, this is Brian. And this is Jesse. And we run Reconciled Media. We create reformed, presuppositional, and post-millennial content. Check out Reconciled Radio, where we've interviewed guests like Joel McDermott and Darren Doan. And the Alpina Antithesis, where we engage the issues and events around our community from a full-orb, faith-for-all-of-life, Christian worldview. Both shows can be found on Apple Podcasts at Reconciled Media. 
Go to facebook.com slash reconcilemedia to stay up to date with our latest content, memes of the week, and our reconciled recommendations. Thanks, and go cultivate a kingdom culture. talk about how to live principally in 2020 uh because we're experts on doing this yep honestly we needed to teach ourselves something right that's like one thing i love about the new year though is it's like this season that you can just like take tally of everything going on in your life and just like you have a a set time of the seasons and then the schedules of things to just sit down, reorganize, ditch things that don't work, try new methods. Like mm-hmm. I just I love that. I love organization. Like my personality is such that I I very much enjoy I don't know the most effective, the most efficient way of doing things. Right. Yeah, planning. So efficiency in general is like mm, money. Makes my heart so happy. <laughs> so I love the new year. I love New schedules, new routines, mm-hmm. higher efficiency, greater goals, and just makes my heart so happy. I'm right there with you. I may not be I as... love lists. Yeah, you do. <laughs> the other rebels are laughing right now. So we wanted to talk about living principally in 2020, and this is something that we have been encouraging our kids in, it seems like, every day or two. The older our kids get, yeah. yeah. They're asking a lot more questions. They're thinking deeper. Right. And we don't want robots. We don't want our kids to just be... Our children, especially our son, is (laughs) so smart. And, like, if you give them a rule, a hard and fast rule, typically they can always find a way to scoot around the rule to still get what they want. Human beings (laughs) typically are, like, the best Pharisees in the world, right? Yeah. So we've had to learn to, like, teach in principle. Right. And we were encouraging, <laughs> exhorting, <laughs> exhorting him just the other day. And the first thing I want to talk about living principally is the very beginning of the Bible when we see the cultural mandate, be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth and take dominion. God didn't lay out for Adam every single jot and tittle of what to do throughout his day. He didn't give right. him an itinerary for every day. He gave him a few rules. That were his principles. Those were the foundation Mm -hmm. of his life. Right. And then even though the Mosaic law has 600 plus laws, right? And a lot of those can be all combined into, you know, one type of sacrifice. Right. There's like 30, 40 in that one act Mm -hmm. for a priest. Not everyone. God still instituted his law in a case law situation where... You you understood the case, you understood the law of it, and then you applied that principle to life. God didn't lay out every single situation that could possibly ever happen, which is the way we write laws nowadays. Mm-hmm. We have additional uh, regulations and additional policies and right. city statutes and county and state, and it gets layered on mm-hmm. um, like crazy. God wanted us to live principally. He wanted us to be ruled by wisdom. According to his law, wisdom gained from his word by Mm -hmm. his law, and then live principally. And then even Jesus sums it up in two laws, Mm -hmm. right? Jesus says, love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
you know, and many Bible teachers have showed that the Ten Commandments can be divided in love God and love neighbor. Right. So right from the get-go, the, the Bible is telling us to live principally. Mm-hmm. This is the way that Christians should live. We shouldn't be robots. We shouldn't be looking for that itinerary every day from wake up to mm-hmm. go to sleep. Right. And so that's that's kind of our springboard into this conversation is just that the Bible has already encouraged us to, to do that. So I know you're preaching this Sunday on wisdom. Yes. And I don't know, like, you haven't shared anything with me about it. <laughs> but as I'm sitting here thinking about living principally and you talking about, like, us pulling principles from the law of God, mm-hmm. that would require us having an amount of wisdom mm-hmm. in order to rightly glean from the law of God, the principles of God, and then translate them into our everyday situations. And we were talking with right. Lila about this a couple of days ago, about how as you grow, you have to grow in wisdom because right. a lot of situations in life aren't going to be black and white. And you have to have the wisdom of God and God's law and God's word to figure out like what to do in those very tricky situations, which like we were talking about earlier with the baby who has that um, terminal disease, right. how long do you keep her on life support? What is right? What is morally right and good? Mm-hmm. And, and then what extent is too far? And now you're stripping her and robbing her of her dignity. Right. I don't know that because I'm not part of that situation necessarily, but there is a wisdom that you have to have. And so, Right off the bat, you'd have to say, in order to live principled, like a truly principled life, you would have to be a Christian. And not just like a nominal Christian, but like a Christian actually walking with the Holy Spirit who's giving you that wisdom. I know that there were like people in history, like the Ben Franklins and Mm -hmm. Thomas Jeffersons and stuff, who would call themselves like spiritual or say that they at least saw some value in religiosity. Yeah, they're all kind of deists. Yeah. There's a higher power, like agnostic. Yeah. There's a higher power and and stuff, but but we're really kind of left to our own reason and left to our own devices to figure out how to best uh, do things down here. But it's interesting that even with men like that who are not strong Christians, mm-hmm. they obviously still saw how the law of God and the principles found in Scripture are still helpful. Like yeah, if you true. want. If you want human flourishing, you can't go aside from this. You mm-hmm. can't go aside from the word of God. Yeah. my One of my books in Old Testament, uh, I remember talking about the Proverbs, and they kind of summed it up as just, this is God's way to show us how life works best. Mm-hmm. Like, this is wisdom for how things will work best. You discipline kids. That, that will make it work best. Right. And on and on. You know, money, friendship power, you know, the Proverbs talk about all kinds of different things. And then you look at the chaos around you happening today in the world, and you can easily see, like, this is why millennials are a hot dumpster fire, because <laughs> you just think, like, well, yeah, they've, they've never been taught the wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. So naturally, if they don't have godly principles to live their life by, their life is going to be chaos. Yep. And they're living the way of the fool who just lives by whatever feeling they have at right. the moment. And that's a, that's a shifting shadow, right? And so just like you said, they don't have a foundation. Well, and it's not just millennials. I'm not picking on the millennials, although I am one, so I can, right? right. That's the rule. If you are one, then you can pick on that group. Exactly. 
But I'm just saying, like, this is true of all of life, whether, you know, you're a 60-year-old mm-hmm. fool or whether you're a 16-year-old fool. Like, yeah. we, we, as godly parents, should be teaching our children godly principles. And King David said he delighted in the law of the Lord. He meditated mm-hmm. on it, which should be something that we ourselves are doing in the new year, meditating on the word of God. And right. not just in the new year, but, like, our whole life. Yeah. But starting these new routines and making the meditation of scripture and growing in wisdom should be a priority for us if we want to have those principled lives and and to grow in our wisdom and have a peaceful existence with the world around us and other Christians and yeah the definition of a principle is just that it's a, a foundational truth or a preposition of a certain belief system that's pretty so much what let's it is. give an example okay okay so here's a real life example that we were talking about with eddie we told him it is a good thing to care about other people to love your neighbor as yourself right which means if you can help your neighbor you should that's a good principle to live by yeah there are going to be certain situations where you can't help your neighbor because it would actually do harm to yourself, whether it be mm-hmm. bodily harm, we would say, right. depending on the situation, that might not be a great idea. You know, like if your neighbor is changing a tire and he doesn't have a, a jack, you probably shouldn't vol- volunteer yourself as the car jack. Right. Or not, if you're not a great idea for you in general. If your friend is drowning and you don't know how to swim, not a great idea. To help him out. You may make a flotation device out of right. your own body, but that's probably not a great idea. Right. Once again, wisdom would sweep in here and say, sometimes there are situations when you can give up your life for someone else, and that's actually heralded as mm-hmm. a virtue in scripture as well. There are situations where you just have to have wisdom. Right. Is giving up your life a worthy thing in this moment? Yes. Is it just wiser for you to turn around and grab the flotation device off the back of the boat instead of throwing yourself in the water? Much better decision. Let's do that. Like, wisdom and principles, they're married together, Mm -hmm. you know? So, another good principle to live by, which falls under loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, is going to church, going to worship. That's a principle you live by. That's at the foundation of your belief system. We are a part of a local congregation, right? Mm -hmm. And so that principle then guides what you do in your life. So for me growing up, I was never in Boy Scouts because Boy Scouts did stuff on Sunday. And my brother and I asked my parents, how come we weren't in Boy Scouts? And they said they do stuff on Sunday. And that's where we go to church. And that was just a principle we live by. And that was what we did. Right. But at the same time... If everyone in the family is puking all over the place and is running a temperature, right? Probably don't, not a good idea to go to, go to church. church. Yeah. Don't go to church and share yourself with everyone there. Especially right. if you go to church in Brooklyn, everyone's Italian and kisses each other. Yeah. Wherever we go to church next, they're just going to have to realize that my children have been raised in <laughs> a highly Italian community church (laughs) and we're just a bunch of kissers now yeah but that but that is where wisdom comes in and the and then the principle gets well and it's the same with working on the sabbath like we would say overall Mm -hmm. we ought not to work on the sabbath because god has commanded us to have this day of rest rest for a day and 
it is a loving command because he's inviting us into something greater than the work. Right. I'm really grateful that there are doctors that work on Sunday. I'm really grateful that there are pastors who work on Sunday. Mm -hmm. So this is, once again, where wisdom has to come in and say, yes, this is the principle. But like Jesus said, is it unlawful to do good on the Sabbath? Right. No, it's not unlawful. So there there can be doctors that work. There can be pastors that work. You can make a sandwich for your child who's hungry on the Sabbath. Like, yeah. wisdom and principles are married. Anyway, if you have young children especially, and older kids, because you raise them up into wisdom, right? Um, I think teaching your child how to think in principle is really an effective way of parenting. Because it's yeah. teaching them to not just think... I don't want a spanking, so I better not do this. It's teaching them to use their full brain capacity and all of their the knowledge of the scripture that they have up to, to that point in their maturity and reason through and think through things for themselves. Yeah, because you, know? you can ask them questions like, so if we're supposed to love our neighbor, what does that look like here? Or, right. you know what I mean? You can sort of guide them. And I love that so much because... We, we don't need just big heads in the church with a, with a ton of systematic theology in it. We need people who know the theology and do something with it and it, apply it to their life. So applied theology is something I love. And so we, we love catechizing our kids and teaching them big things and challenging their brains. But then at the same time, in a principled way, encourage them and lead them and guide them to apply it. Mm -hmm. and, um, and we got to do that with our own lives. Right. You know, and I guess that's what we're really talking about. Right. Doing it for ourselves. Yeah. So learning, I think one of the biggest things at this time of year is time management. Mm -hmm. You have all these lofty goals, all these ideas, all of these lists of things that you want to accomplish or do in the next, you know, quarter, next half a year, whatever. And you have to think, what time has been given to me? I only have 24 hours in a day. How can I best organize and make the most use of this time that I have. Yeah. And this is one of the things that you and I talk about the most is that our time is given to us. It is mm -hmm. a gift. Yeah. So we have to make the biggest return on Christ's investment. Like the 24 hours he gave to us, we have to somehow figure out how can we glean the most from this time. Yeah. When and it's... it's not to just like become skinnier or to, you know, get super buff in the new year and like yeah. all these very individualistic, yeah. selfish, self-centered type goals. That shouldn't be what a Christian's goals are about. Not that like you can never work out or that that shouldn't be a priority for yeah. you. What I'm saying is you should be concerned primarily about building Christ's kingdom mm -hmm. and uh, seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then all those things can be added unto you. Exactly. But it has to be put in correct order and in perspective. And you do that via principles. The principle is you should be working to expand Christ's kingdom. So when you look at the 24 hours of your day or the first quarter of the year or the things that you want to accomplish in the first six months of the year, mm -hmm. you have to think, okay, what can I do? How can I manage these ideas in this time that I have for maximum effect? Yeah, because our time is gone once it's spent and it is something to be stewarded and like the parable of the talents, mm -hmm. right? You're given something to not just bury it or squander it. You are to... Um, or to get really buff with it. 
or to get, yeah, to lift it. Um, it's something to be spent so that there is a return, which is kind of what you're saying. Right. And so the fundamental foundational principle there is great commission. I mean, that is for every Christian. Right. And so this is where make disciples. This is where you and I have often said, though, you have to be wise and principle right. and wisdom are married because one without the other can be catastrophic. What do you mean? I mean, you could have all the wisdom in the world, but do nothing with it. True. Or you can have all these lofty principles, but then not have the wisdom to figure out how to apply them. Yeah, true. So they have to be married together. And so, for instance, you're talking about uh, kingdom building, which mm-hmm. we're all Christians are commanded to do. And then making disciples of the nation. You could say then evangelism, hospitality. We should be doing those kinds of things as Christians. Okay, so for an extreme will say then all Christians should always be about the business of evangelism and hospitality. So that means seven days out of the week, you're out of the house doing evangelism in the streets, Mm -hmm. not going to work to provide food for your family, but you're building Christ's kingdom. Yeah. And then your family starves. Or perhaps I'm constantly inviting people into our home. Every night we have people coming in and our family is never shepherded or taken care of. And we have no time to bond, to raise our children, mm-hmm. to grow them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Like, there's a way you can take a principle and not have wisdom yeah, invited into it, it and and do, wreak havoc. Right. Yeah, you can spoil the principle. And I think a lot of times that's where the pastor's kids' animosity and bitterness can kind of creep in because either the parents did not use godly wisdom. Yeah. And they overspent in one area. Yeah. Maybe they were gone away from the house and the children were neglected. Or the children have never been taught, this is the principle, this is the goal, you are not the the chief end that right. we're trying to... Family. Yeah. You are not this little thing that we are just all going to flock around and mm-hmm. pet all the time. Like join in with us let's this is the goal of the family like we're all gonna do this together this is for all of us you too come on in and and do discipleship with us and help mommy cook dinner so that we can bring in this non-christian family and and like i don't want to say that's true of all pastor's kids because there are a lot of godly pastor's kids but i'm just saying like this is where we can err as christians whether you're a pastor a layman a single person I mean, yep. hello, if you are single, you have plenty of time on your hands. How are you spending your time? Yep. I know I didn't spend all my time when I was I single. I didn't either. I was well, very much know. busy uh, building my own little kingdom. Yeah, just being selfish with your time. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is that living principally is terrifying to the world. Yeah. They don't expect it. They expect that everyone can be overruled with certain influence with power structures at work or in society. And when you come in fighting for Christ's kingdom and you live principally unmovable, steadfast, as Mm -hmm. the Apostle Paul would encourage Christians often with, that's terrifying. Mm -hmm. You are an amazing warrior for the kingdom when you live principally. And and you say, "Uh, no, I'm not budging on this mm-hmm. my family is you know a priority here my wife's a priority my husband's a priority um church is a priority right and then you just don't budge they don't know how to handle it because they're not principled right and even probably the most i don't know atheistic 
like evolutionary yeah. type person would still look at the Christian who says, no, I'm I'm going to love my husband and not do this yeah. said thing, or I'm going to take care of my kids first or whatever. I'm going to go to church on Sunday, but thanks for the invite anyway, or whatever. Mm-hmm. They like they may not understand it, but somewhere in their hearts, they at least admire it, I think. Yeah, that is attractive. That's a good thing. You know, people do see that and like that. Usually the most influential leaders in the world have that sort of... Um, right. Characteristic. Right. And they have a firm hand, yeah, firm grasp. Right. And and so do that with biblical principles, and you will be a great tool in Christ's kingdom. Yeah. For sure. So. So much to think about in the new year. Yes. Real quick before we go, I know this yeah. is going to be a shorter episode. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite Christmas gift? My favorite Christmas gift mm-hmm. would be. Oh, man, that's a tough one. Um, I think the bottle of bourbon you got me is probably my favorite. Okay. I got some Woodford Reserve, and it's really good. Awesome. I'm going to savor that one. Cool. What about you, babe? What was your favorite Christmas present? Um, Probably my vacuum cleaner, because it was the most practical. <laughs> that, the, the present that gives you the most efficiency? Yep, exactly. Awesome. She wanted the vacuum. Don't get, don't get, don't jump on my back for that. No, I wanted it. Yeah, she wanted it. She wanted one desperately. All right, guys, we appreciate you for listening. Again, if you are blessed and benefited, please share it with your friends. We pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the Spirit. And until next time, get woke. Yeah. Let's start with the microphone check, one, two, first. Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church. The kind of things that few search, they say that the truth hurts. Well, this pain is gain, so let's explain the new birth. First things first, can't neglect this at the start. I must preface my remarks with the deadness of the heart. From original sin, the effects of the fall. The sin of our first parents brought death to us all. Since Adam was our federal head, what he did counted for us. In him were all rebels and dead. Yo, captured in the mind, disaster, sin and crimes in a dark state, Alaska in the winter time, sour in our frames, left to ourselves, we be devoured in the flames, cause we're powerless to change, if you feel that way, I pray that you respond happily, as you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 3.